Hey, what's up, everybody? I uh, got a really cool episode today with Rob Harper. Rob Harper is the creator, the filmmaker behind one of the best psychedelic films I've ever seen. It's uh, Journeys to the Edge of Consciousness. It's a part animated feature length documentary film. Um, and it, it's interspersed with uh, little interviews and insights from the leading psychedelic uh, minds of, of today, uh, such as um, Dr. Gabor Mate, Graham Hancock, Amanda Fielding, uh, Dennis McKenna, Rick Doblin, uh, Dr. Ben Sessa, uh, many, many, many people. Uh, I think there's about 12 different people who are uh, interspersed through the animated film, the animated story that this tells. And the animated story is about Timothy Leary, Aldous Huxley, and Alan Watts. Some of my favorite, favorite people, you know, the, the people that I look to as uh, the inspirations and teachers that I've had to uh, discover when, you know, no one else was telling me about this stuff and I had to go off and find out, well, what's this LSD stuff about? What, what, are, what are people talking about? And, you know, hearing, hearing that it's this bad, terrible, crazy drug, it's going to make you crazy. And then hearing Steve Jobs say, well, it was one of the most important things that he's ever done in his life. And then being like, oh, well, that's interesting. Well, why did he say that? And then researching and finding out, you know, that, oh, they were conducting experiments at Harvard. And, you know, maybe some people knew about this. They lived through it. But for a lot of people who grew up during the, during the time that I grew up, you know, it was like the 90s. 2000, the late 90s, early 2000s, and it was still kind of like dare and I don't know, crap like that. And, you know, you get like a dare class when you're in third grade and I don't know, just the, the fear and the propaganda and everything. So then when I, when I, when I started doing research, I found, oh my God, like, yeah, like Harvard professors were investigating this. They've written, there's books about psychedelics. There's, and went down a whole rabbit hole of finding out all of this information and obviously finding out all the lies and all the untruth. And anyway, the, these are some great psychedelic pioneers and, uh, the film is just beautiful as you'll, you'll hear me in this podcast, just raving you know, just really stroking Rob's ego, but you know, it's, it deserves it, man, because this is such a, it's so good. It was so, so fun. It's so enjoyable to watch. I mean, I don't know so many times I get people sending me documentaries that they want me to watch and maybe be on the podcast or, you know, go into screenings about, you know, some things and it's can get a little repetitive sometimes. Some of them aren't so well done. This was fun. These were just cool stories. And, you know, you got the cool stories and you got the information and, and you got the excerpts taken from the books of Leary and Huxley and Watts and their personal stories. And it's done in this really cool animation. And then you get the, the interviews with the leading minds of our day and, and Gabor Mate. I mean, God, I, I, you know, that guy is just hits the nail on the head so much and Graham Hancock and all of them, all of them are just uh, so good. So there's... I'm not going to just rave and rave about this because I do that enough with Rob on the on the podcast. But uh but it's 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 really cool. So check out the show notes. I mean, you need to watch this film. It's fantastic. If you're in Denver on March 17th, I don't know where the location is yet. I forgot. Maybe I was told, but I forgot. But if you're on Facebook, check out Good Cinema 
Good Cinema is going to be doing a screening of Journeys to the Edge of Consciousness, and I'll be on that panel to talk about it. Really excited about it because I really uh, love this movie. So, um, yeah, they, the, 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 the animation style is really good. It's like this minimalist kind of style and, and the sound and, and everything. It's really, really well made. And so Rob's saying, hey, look, you know, we, we, we told this story. These, these are things that happened over 60 years ago. You know, we put these trips together. And now we want to sit down with these leading thinkers of today and ask, what can expanded states of mind teach us about ourselves and the world and our place in it? And that's what I wanted to find out from Rob. You know, I didn't want to do this documentary about, or I didn't want to do this podcast about like, you know, uh, dissecting the film. Go watch the film and then, you know, be inspired to go off, learn. I, I wanted to talk to Rob more about, you know, his influences and what he thinks. And so hopefully you guys enjoy this conversation and, and, and please go watch the film. It's just really good. So um, without further ado, let's get in this conversation. Oh, uh, one more thing. Obviously, if you like the show, like and subscribe, share. If you want to help the show, go leave five-star rating and review on Apple Podcasts. I'm sure you guys are so sick of me hearing me say this, but it's just, I don't know. I have to do it. Right. It's like, I have to, I have to say how, how can you help me? I'm, uh, you know, sub and show support. That's the e the easiest way to do it. Just tell people, just share it, spread it, tell people. And if you want to go, you know, a step further, just click five stars on Apple podcasts. That helps. If you want to go a step further, you leave a rating and review. If you really want to help out, you can go to patreon.com slash Mike Brank. You can go to my website, mikebrank.com. You could find a PayPal one-time donation, or if you don't, or you could do the Patreon thing, Patreon thing. I'm taking this month off to revamp everything. So there's going to be a lot of cool stuff happening. A lot of like redesigns and t-shirts and rewards and a whole, everything's getting redone. I want to take it up a notch, professionalize it. Yeah. And, uh, and make it really something rich and robust and exciting. So, um, stay tuned for that. Without further ado, let's get in this conversation with filmmaker Rob Harper. Psychedelics are illegal, not because a loving government is concerned that you may jump out of a third-story window. Psychedelics are illegal because they dissolve opinion structures and culturally laid down models of behavior and information processing. They open to us the possibility that everything we know is wrong. We don't need new laws that control our consciousness and rigidly place it in a prison. Cognitive liberty. The fact that as adults, if we're not hurting anybody else, we should have the right to explore the contours of our own consciousness without any mediation or legislation on the part of somebody else. Reject authority. Authority is a lie. Of Information is power. But we have to seize, seize the opportunity. The opportunity. The opportunity. Well, fantastic. All right. Thank you so much, uh, Rob, for being here. Rob Harper is the guest today, of course, and uh, really appreciate you phoning in from across the pond. Journeys to the Edge of Consciousness. Man, when you emailed me and, and you were like, hey, check out my movie, you know, I get so many messages from people about the documentaries and projects and books and things that they're doing. 
And uh, sometimes I don't, uh, you know, I gotta be honest, sometimes I don't look into it, but I something pulled me into it and I'm so happy that I did because I have to say, this is the best psychedelic film I've ever seen. So bravo, props to you. It's amazing storytelling, amazing animation, interspersed with uh, the leading uh, thought, uh, uh, what, what do I want to call them? Thought leaders of the day. Uh, and uh, it's just, it's it's fantastic. It was so fun. It was so fun and enjoyable and informative. And I feel like that's a really challenging thing to do a lot of the times. And man, you knocked it out of the park. So thank you so much, Rob. Journeys to Edge of Consciousness is brilliant. And I'm so glad to have you here today. Oh, thanks, Mike. That means a lot. Thank you. I really appreciate your words. It's great to be here. Yeah. So tell me what led you to create this i i know you're a filmmaker by trade it's it's obvious right because how how well the film is made how well done it is um what led you to want to develop uh this project like what spurred this on i'm i'm gonna maybe guess a psychedelic trip (laughs) (laughs) well it's no yeah you're absolutely right i am i'm a filmmaker by training and by trade and i think I like to think that that that, and it's really nice that you've picked up on it. That what what journeys brings to the table is so often when I've seen psychedelic documentaries, um, and other documentaries too. They're often made by really passionate, well-meaning amateurs who just want to get a message out there. You know, and and all props to them. They just want to get their message out. But what you know, my years of training and teaching and and working have led me to sort of understand and realize is if you're gonna want people to pay attention to what you're saying you kind of need to offer them something you know you need to offer them a story fundamentally a good story that they can enjoy and then maybe learn something else along the way that they hadn't thought about before and so that was exactly my my starting point my approach with journeys um and you're not the only person to say that so i'm really happy that it has landed and is landing and is being so sort of warmly welcomed and appreciated um so where did journey start yeah um i had my own experience of a kind of uh sudden and powerfully expanded state of consciousness um about six years ago and really make journeys making this film was my own journey of figuring out hey what what was that what the hell just happened and what does it mean and hey you know let's go talk to some people who seem to have some clue of what is going on and talk to them about it and when you're making a film that's the real sort of privilege you get to you know if you're lucky talk to people like Gabor Mate and Graham Hancock and Dennis McKenna and Rick Doblin um, Amanda Fielding and all the other fantastic people that are in the film Um, they're all noteworthy and um, yeah but but also you know the film features uh, three trips three trip stories from the kind of the golden era of the West meeting psychedelics back in the fifties sixties it's 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 got a Timothy Leary's first ever LSD trip it's got Aldous Huxley's Doors of Perception his first uh, meeting with mescaline and it's got Alan Watts talking about some experiences he had uh, on psychedelics and. Um, Although I'm aware that there are cultures around the world that have been exploring these states for probably thousands and probably probably many thousands of years, I think my starting point was, I guess, my first point, point of call was 
what 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 have people in my culture got to say about it you know and what was their the their kind of the they weren't the very first contact but they were the early contact with with these um substances that 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 can engender these these altered states and um so really you know to me they were kind of the elders the or the nearest thing we have to elders here in the west and you know they're three very intelligent and articulate people so each one of their stories just leapt out at me and screamed to be told really mhm mm mm -hmm. yeah pioneers you know in the in in our western uh context and our in our kind of modern uh world here because uh, it's important you know especially during the time 50s 60s things were kind of stuffy things were kind of getting boxed in and then you have people exploring with mescaline and LSD and these interesting substances change the face of uh of of our world in our in our time so i think you picked a, a good 3 people to uh tell their stories um with leary huxley and, and watts um do you have were any of these guys particularly like a hero of yours i mean i i'm guessing probably all three but is, is there any one that is really kind of your i don't know that really kind of turned you on maybe something you read or heard about well yeah i mean yeah i i there's things i admire in all three of them and things well i think i think the point of this film was also it wasn't to freeze at a point in time and say okay let's go back 60 years and experience some something someone experienced 60 years ago that's the starting point but then uh, the three animated trip stories are interspersed with interviews with kind of current as you said these current leading thinkers around consciousness and psychedelics and spirituality and psychology and many other things and um it was really to to look back at what these guys had to say and, and say well what what can we take from this what what can we learn from them in terms of how to approach these and also perhaps how not to do things you know i think it's it's a bit of both but i really wanted to put these golden era adventures with psychedelics in a modern 21st century context Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. yeah how not to do things <laughs> i can't i can't believe like i can't believe huxley's first trip was like going to going to like some walmart kind of store or something like uh <laughs> i forgot like the name of the store. like that that is crazy to me like i i couldn't imagine doing something like that man set and setting but these guys i guess were figuring all that out um but yeah. it was actually it was, it was a good story it was a good kind of commentary on on the time and the you know, looking out at this world and being like, you know, when you have a very profound psychedelic experience, really looking at everything, like as Leary talked about, I love, I love the way that Leary talks and I love the words that he uses, like marionettes on strings and the puppets and the robot people and the chessboard and the plastic, you know, the, it really kind of comes out. So um, just to, I guess, bring it back a little bit, like, I guess, was, was your first experience like that? Like, did you have, what was your kind of like breakthrough experience? Like, would, could you relate to these guys? Yeah. I mean, I, I, I prefer not to go into too much detail sort of publicly, but what I would say is there was something in all three of the experiences that really spoke to mine. You know, that's why I picked them. Yeah. Um, and, and yeah, they were just, yeah, as I said, these these guys were so sort of articulate and able to express what can often be a very uh, 
difficult to pin down, you know, experience. It's a bit like people trying to tell you their dreams, you know, then this happened and then, you know, everything turned into marshmallows and then this happened or whatever it is. Like it's what I was really impressed by with these guys was that they were really able to articulate something um, just so well. And, you know, Leary, for instance, um, with so much humor, you know, that's what I love. I love Leary's writing. You know, there are all sorts of discussions and criticisms about Leary and how he did things and all the rest of it, which is what makes him a fascinating historical figure, I guess. But um, for me, his writing is just amazing and and just funny, really. (laughs) You know, I took that story of his first LSD trip um, from a book called High Priest, and it's kind of made up of 12 12 trip reports of him and his mates and some quite well-known people from that time on various substances. And it's just funny <laughs> and tragic and painful and beautiful and all the rest of it. Yeah. Um, so one, one starting point for the film for me actually was that scene with Leary and his daughter. Um, you mentioned the marionette puppet figures, you know, when he, he wanders upstairs um, pretty out of it. And he's confronted by his 13-year-old daughter. And suddenly he just sees how kind of empty and shell-like his relationship to her was. You know, how he was just going through the motions of playing the good dad, you know. But but it was all pretty empty words. And so, you know, that just leapt out the page at me. And um, so we, we made a kind of three short three-minute animation just of that sequence as you see it. And that basically grew and grew into the the ninety minute film that that is Journeys. Yeah, yeah, and 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 man, it's just so many people are living their lives like that still, you know, in this world, kind of going through the motions, right? Um, yeah, I guess like uh, you know, a film like this can really showcase, um, you know, these these guys and their experiences and and how they kind of uh, the insights that they had. What yeah? What's what's your hope? I mean, are, are you are you hoping that this is uh, something that really gets out? Because it's it's interesting. I feel like almost with the psychedelics, with psychedelic stuff, like even my podcast, like how do I get it to like more of a mainstream kind of audience? You know, because I feel like it's it's worthy enough. It's a great storytelling, and it it should be right. So, how do we get this in front of people? Because this is a human drama. This is a human story, right? Like we all go through these these issues. Yeah. No. Yeah. Totally. Totally. And it's. That that was my, very much my intention with the film, you know, for it not to be a, a niche thing for the already initiated, but hopefully, um, I mean, for, for all sorts of hopes and intentions with this film. I think I think one was for people who perhaps haven't yet had had uh, a psychedelic experience themselves, some sort of basic guide, you know, not how to and not telling people to do it or how to do it. But, but you know, a kind of starting point, a map that so that people aren't going into something potentially very uh, extreme and challenging and life changing with completely blind. Um, so it was really kind of like, well, if people are going to be exploring these states of consciousness, here's some people who've trodden th- these roads before. Here's some of the pitfalls. You know, you might fall in. That's where the dragons are. You know, that's that's where the nice well where you can refill your canteen is. Um, and certainly people like Gabor Mate and Dennis McKenna were really able to provide that. Um, Mm -hmm. I think another hope of mine was for people 
to have something to kind of take to their friends and relatives and say, hey, you know, when I disappear off for a week and come back and, you know, talk talk all this stuff that you can't quite hook into, you know, watch this. And I, this this should give you, a, you know, a bit of... So I'm kind of hoping it will be a, a tool to help people communicate, you know, um, something that they're interested in to others. Um mm-hmm. But beyond any sort of drugs or substances, you know, what really interested me in this film was the, 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 the territory that they seem to take us to, which is this expanded states of consciousness, you know. And as as you well know, you know, um, I'm sure most of your listeners do, you know, people have been finding all sorts of ways to explore these, whether it's through fasting or dancing or praying or heat, extreme heat or extreme cold and all the rest of it defining different ways to change their body and mind chemistry in order to, um, I think, step out of their smaller, everyday, egoic concerns and take just take a slightly bigger picture look at themselves and their lives and their place in in this world. Yeah, I mean, what do you, th- what do you think can happen if more people have the ability to do that? Well, I think, you know, I, another thing is, um, you know, I think we're living in very uh, narcissistic times, you know, um, and, on a, and, you know, personified in its absolute extreme in, in someone like Donald Trump. Um, but actually, you know, it's very easy to point the finger at Donald Trump and say, what a ridiculous narcissist. But I think we live in a, in a very narcissistic culture. Um, where we've all been sort of trained to value ourselves by status and possessions and position and power, um, and we've sort of lost contact with our with ourselves, with our communities, and with most importantly, maybe with the natural world. Um, so you know, a big hope in, in terms of this film is to kind of. Um, point people back towards something we've lost contact with. And I think one common thread in all three of the stories we explore in the film is uh, with Leary, Huxley and Watts is all three of them in different ways are held up, have a kind of mirror held up in front of them and they're forced to confront something pretty uncomfortable about themselves and the way they've been relating to themselves or the people around them. You know, so in all three of them, you know, I think they, they, they're faced with their own false self and they have to kind of begin to come to grips with that. And I think that's something we all have to do on an individual level and also on a kind of much wider societal level. Um, and this is, this, someone like Carl Jung uh, would argue that that's the very point of most of our religions in the past was exactly that. Our religions were a way of uh, dealing with, confronting and, um, you know, kind of um, transforming the self, the small self, um, into something bigger. And in our kind of very rational materialist uh kind of you know uh, narrow the narrow sense of science i guess you know newtonian kind right. of dominated current way of d- doing we've just lost contact with that through the traditional religious roots and it seems like this current 
what people are calling the psychedelic renaissance is kind of people are finding a way to have these direct mystical experiences to make this direct contact with something a lot bigger than just their small self and in a way that isn't third person they're not reading about it from someone else people are going out and having these experiences um you know which i think we'd both probably agree aren't in and of themselves a guarantee of any lasting or meaningful change but they can be at least a new point of view mm -hmm. they can offer us a new point of view and what we do with that new point of view then is down mm -hmm. to us yeah totally 100 percent. i mean it's um this film is such a good example of introducing story into the equation. I mean, it's so important to tell a good story. Our lives are stories, right? I mean, we want to we want to write good stories. We want to live good stories. We want to experience in psychedelic states or altered states things that we can say, wow, that was an interesting story arc that happened. Those were interesting symbols or characters or anthropomorphized, you know, animate figures that popped up and all this kind of stuff. It's, it's fun. It's yeah. definitely fun. There's, and as you alluded to with religion, this mythology, the personification of gods and animistic worldview and, you know, pan, a pantheon of gods and all this kind of stuff. I mean, there's a reason why human beings have been creating these things for such a long time is we desperately need to get out of that kind of logical uh, materialist, reductionist, Aristotelian, Euclidean, you know, Newtonian worldview a little bit and shift into more of a, a fun mystical framework, right? I mean, let's, let's, <laughs> let's inject some fun storytelling into this. I really, I really don't like it so much when people say, well, it's, you know, enough of this woo woo and the mystical stuff. We need more hard facts, science. It's like, well, why can't we have both? You know, why can't we have both? So, so yeah, right on to a hundred percent what you said. And, and, and I really love that. Um, and, and I think that, uh, that that's why I love this film so much is like, it, it captures my imagination. It pulls me in. It want it want, it's, 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 it's lighting up my brain and it's making me, uh, my imagination and go, you know, get all tickly and, and fun. And, and, and it's, it's great. And we, so that's, that's the, the liveliness, putting the liveliness back into this, um, yeah. And I, and I wonder, like you were mentioning about how, you know, it also psychedelic experiences and altered state experiences force you to confront these things. You know, we're living in this world a lot where people don't want to confront this stuff, but man, there's so much good that can happen on the other side when you do confront, when you do get face to face, when you do click out of your, your habits and, and, and your ways. And I'm wondering, is that like, because I hear what you're saying, and I hear that all the time, and and I feel I feel it too, and I see it. What are some examples do you think that you see and feel in your world of people that are just kind of living that way and feeling a little stuck? I mean, from your perception, yeah. Um, sure. Maybe walk yeah. me through a little bit about how that unfolds in your life. Well, well, here in Britain, you know, and I'm sure in the states too. Um, you know, I'm, we're constantly reading in the news about this um, ep kind of epidemic of depression and anxiety. Um, you know, and and um, I don't think I've met many people who haven't had some experience or contact with those feelings, those states. Um, but they seem to be becoming more and more, you know, commonplace. 
um and in our i don't know in our our best intentions to sort of fix it and make it go away um we're kind of too often i think avoiding the root problems you know and which i see as a loss of contact you know people um talk about a state of contactlessness and i think that at its root that's what we're suffering from um and 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 um from all the you know this isn't sort of my ideas but from all the reading of other people's and i that i've come across and from my own lived experience um it strikes me that that basically um well gabor mate talked about it um this kind of cycle whereby um people are stressed pressured just trying to keep their head above water financially you know everything's being squeezed they they haven't got time to spend much time with their kids you know and have that contact and so you know generations of of us here in the west are being raised you know without that kind of warm and close uh loving physical environment that that mammals need us mammals need you know physical lack of physical contact is a huge thing um and everyone's everyone seems to be living alone in in you know one one person flats you know we've lost that sort of communal living um and so it seems to me that that what would what we're looking at is that at some point in in each person's life pretty early on they make con- you know one experiences feelings which are just too difficult or painful to stay with and so or perhaps we you know the environment around us doesn't like the feelings and experiences we are expressing so we learn to close our shut ourselves off from our own lived experience our own aliveness um and for me this is then the root cause of everything else that we're talking about right mm-hmm. through from individual um discontent and alienation and unhappiness uh right through to the way that we can just without even thinking about it kind of trash and destroy the biosphere that supports our lives right right yeah it's so so unconscious. I mean, you know, yeah, I'm a huge fan of Graham Hancock and he's in the, in the film and, and he, um, you know, uh, one of his, his talks, um, where he talks about, we, we have severed the connection with the, the sacred. We have severed our connection with mother Gaia, with the earth, the connection to the planet and to the, the mystery and the cosmos. And, and, and that's really what a psychedelic experience can help bring you back to to do and i feel you know we we desperately need that in this time right now i feel you know something that's sticking out or, or coming up for me right now with um with with the film and the the sort of uh the stories of the trips over the the periods of time in which they took place was you had this very interesting time after world war ii you know uh, britain and america have, have won the war you know it's victory celebration everybody you know gets a gets a home a, a white picket fence you know microwave oven and there's this very um 
Amer- like Americana, good, good, good time kind of feel, and this this hope for the future, the world of tomorrow, the the future that looks bright. You know, we're going to the moon. You know, this whole every everything was was looking on the up, and then we and we saw that it was kind of all just like um like an illusion. You know, it was all this kind of like like this propaganda package that was sold to us or something. Right. And then, so you had the, these trip stories come into play and these psychedelic pioneers and they start moving and shaking things. And, you know, one of them really shook things up a lot, uh, which I'm grateful for. And, um, and, and then we transform into another period. Right. But then you have all these, the hippies that get all turned on and then they go and they wind up being like, uh, you know, wall street executives or whatever, you know what I mean? So it's like we keep going into these waves and these dips. What about right now? You like because you mentioned the planet. You know we're in a dire state. People are suffering, anxiety, depression. You know Mate, yeah, one of the most brilliant uh, thinkers about this toxic culture and the and the disease that we're that people are suffering from trauma, trauma, trauma. So much mm. trauma. So what 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 does it look like to you now? Are we in are we in a dip? Are we in a hope? Like where where do you think we're we're at? I mean. You, you must have a, a good a good um, perspective on this. I, I think as a storyteller, as a filmmaker, you have vision to see. So I'm, I'm interested in, <laughs> in picking your brain and learning a little bit about what you're seeing in this current time right now, like where we're at. Yeah. Okay. Wow. Big question. Yeah. Great question. <laughs> yeah. Um, That's where, where are we at? And people, a lot of headed? people get the, the big questions on this show. Yeah. yeah. So. <laughs> I think I, I, see, I see, I think we're moving into... Uh, more polarized times you know it seems that um, like here in Britain on the political scene and I think also in the states from what I gather you know we are moving in there's no more kind of center ground everyone's roughly the same and business as usual it feels like things are polarizing and so I find that both rather terrifying and rather full of hope I I see both poles coming to the fore right now you know whether whether we could whether we can say that's for the better or for the worse i mean who knows but i think i think a lot of people are waking up to the fact that there's a lot more out there than um than individual this kind of individual pursuit of gain and status and power um yeah, and and you know the way that the film's been received thus far gives me a lot of hope. Um, I'm getting emails basically every other day from people from all over the world, from Australia to Sweden, Denmark, South America, all over Europe, um, saying, "Hey, can I, I, you know, can I organise a screening in my local community?" You know, people are renting out the local cinema and inviting 150 people along, or they're opening out their flat, their apartment, and having 15 friends come around you know and chuck ten dollars in the hat whatever like the film is spreading and we haven't got a big media machine behind us you know putting posters on every bus stop you know and every billboard um this is very much a kind of grassroots organic thing um but yeah every every time um you know i get a sale come through in my inbox or a screen a new screening pop up and uh, we've had the film translated into five or six languages now. Um, we're just about to launch the German language version. We've got the Spanish version coming soon. Um, this gives me a lot of hope. Um, but it is, I think there's no more sitting in the middle now. I think we are moving towards 
um, some people talk about chaos, you know, people talk about chaos as a necessary step towards something, you know, something new emerging. I think the status quo of the last 30 odd years isn't going to continue for another 30. You know, I mm. think we're in for um, a lot of change. And I think, you know, it's very easy. And I think part of this whole picture of people struggling um, and, you know, having a hard time is looking with with all our technology and our internet, you know, being able to zoom out and look at such a vast pitch, world picture and say, God, how on earth can I have any impact here? How, you know, what can I do? And a lot of people fall into despair quite easily. It's easily easy to do. And I think the work for each of us is is inside um and that's not it's not a case of navel gazing but it's a case of saying what what of these external structures and values have i internalized you know what's going on inside here just like leary and huxley and watts did and saying okay what have i internalized what what kind of cleaning work needs to be done here inside of me you know, and then putting that into practice in our daily lives. Um, I think Huxley said, you know, towards the end of his life, you know, he's, he'd done all this reading and research and writing and talking about spiritual stuff. He said, you know, at the end of the day, it boils down to trying to be a little bit kinder to each other. Hmm. <laughs> and I think there's a lot there for me, you know, and just how can we, you know, offer a, a you know a genuine smile to someone else. You know, how can we um, be a bit kinder, help the people around us in, in from a, an authentic and grounded place? Um, if we can each do you know that little bit, I think when if when and if things start getting a bit tougher, we we you know we'll need leaders to emerge in our local communities, you know, and, and stand up for the right things. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. At the end of the day, that is what it boils down to. <laughs> I mean, you know, you can have wonderful experiences. You can on psychedelics. You can see worlds and planets and the multiverse and fractals and geometry, sacred geometry, Fibonacci sequence, and you can contact with entities and aliens and spirits. And at the end of the day, we're all sharing this planet together. We're here now and being a little kinder, having a little bit more compassion, you know, and, and, and it, it doesn't have to be this grand thing. It doesn't have to be this world changing event just um, saying hello to somebody or smile. The other day, I was in I was in this uh, restaurant and um, I, I go in there quite a bit. And the guy that works there, you know, he's probably working for minimum wage or whatever. But he he he's always cheerful. He's always like greeting me with a Hey, how you doing? How's everything? How's everything tasting today? All right, great. Thanks for coming in. And I just said to him, I said, Hey, man, you know, you're always you're always that way. And it just, it, it makes my day. I just want to say like, you know, I'm just so happy to always come in here and see you so happy to be here. So thank you. And he was like blown away. Like he was like, oh my God, like, you know, I'm just doing, yeah, I'm just being me, you know, it's, you know, whatever. And I was like, well, just keep doing it, you know? And it's like, I don't know what that 
could have, what that did or what that could have done or what, you know, I was, I was just, I was just acting genuine, but it's these little things, these little things I think that we could all take with us to, uh, to, you know, like, as you said, as Huxley said too, and, and so many people say, it's really about being a little kinder, a little bit more respectful. Right. And, um, I think the Mm -hmm. power of psychedelics is they can, they can really crack you open if you're stuck, if you're in this prison, you know, of, of fear, it's really a lot of fear and trauma that keeps people Mm -hmm. down. You know, um, and, yeah. and unfortunately, yeah. Yeah, no, absolutely. And it's, you know, um, it's interesting. You mentioned this sort of the more sciencey approach, you know, which I think is, you know, really valid and really important work that's mm-hmm. being done, you know, with by people like MAPS, with, with veterans, with PTSD, yeah. you know, amazing. And there's a lot of really cool stuff going on in the UK too, um, at Imperial uh, College and other places. Um but what sometimes gets kind of politely shuffled under the table, you know, when we look at these figures and say, well, 40% of treatment-resistant depressives were dep- depression-free three months later, you know, it's like that's the hard fact. But if we look at individually what what happened to, to them, you know, what, what, what did they experience on that high-dose psilocybin treatment that caused them to be feel far less depressed? You know, they probably and for instance there's a great um there's a great documentary called magic medicines which follows you know three individual cases going through psilocybin trials here in the uk and you see they go back to very early possibly pre-verbal childhood traumas they revisit them and they kind of almost simultaneously make contact with some larger energy or force or uh, ancestor or relative that's able to kind of hold their hand and guide them, you know, give them the courage to meet that experience now as an adult and to process it finally, you know, after 40 years Mm. and to begin to let go of it. And, you know, so it's, it's all very well having these uh, statistics and facts, but actually at the core of it, you know, what are these experiences people are having? And it's, it's somewhere between, like a cross between psychotherapy and you know a really powerful trip to the church you know it's somewhere between the two wow i'm so glad you brought that up rob that's such a good point it's like yeah what is actually happening there it is this oftentimes beautifully tender but also difficult and challenging moment that can occur uh for a person that has trauma you know myself included i have had a lot of uh, visions or experiences uh of things and i'm like oh my god wow i I didn't even realize that from when i was one or two years old Mm -hmm. that 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 going on in my environment impacted me the way that it did holy shit i didn't know i didn't know you know i didn't Mm -hmm. know that how could i know right and you know gabor mate talks about this uh, between ages you know birth and seven years old we're basically like these sponges right so Mm -hmm. i'm so glad that you brought this up because it's so important like the children it's so important that we take care of children so well and and as you were talking about before and you showed in the film with leary and his relationship with with his children um so yeah i wonder like maybe is is this a a a film that um families can watch together like would this be something that you could share with your children and and maybe or i mean 
I, I don't know. I don't know where I'm going with this. I'm just, yeah. I'm just, I'm thinking about how important it is that we treat children well, because how much that leads to create the creating of a better world. You know, I mean, that's, that's kind of where I'm going with that. So maybe there isn't a question there, but if you want to kind of maybe jump in and talk. Yeah. About that, well, yeah. I, I would, in terms of my film and, and families, I'd say that probably has to be the decision of in, parents individually, you know, but I, at a recent uh, Q&A screening, after the screening, um, I had someone in the audience say, your film should be mandatory viewing in every school, you know, yeah. and I, I wouldn't necessarily disagree, you know. All right, I, yeah. Um, another person said, came to me afterwards and said, it should be kind of part of every kind of psychology degree you know, should have to watch this film. Psychologists, uh, psychiatrists, etc., should be watching your film. So I think it has huge educational potential. And um, yeah, I mean, just on, on the other things you said too, I mean, I'm also a, a trained body psychotherapist. And so, you know, that that's all about working with these sort of pre-verbal traumas. And we exactly, as you said, you know, we hold it in the tissues of our body you know we contract places we don't even know exist inside of us are holding these memories um and there are you know again all sorts of ways of accessing them but it, it you know what uh, stanislav groff the the psychiatrist working in the 50s discovered he he was doing lsd um, psychotherapy with his patients and again and again he just found that his his clients, his patients were connecting into these very difficult and painful uh, memories that they'd been holding on to. Mm. Um, but it is, it's like, it's like kind of touching into the pain, touching into the difficulty, not for it, not, not for its own sake, not to kind of wallow in it, but because it's like, it's like going back to the hero story. You've got to meet the dragon. You've got to face that dragon and you've got to slay it. If you want to move on and, you know, go back, be the hero, go back and marry the, marry the, um, the heroine or whatever, you know, and get on with your right. life. Yeah. Yeah. And, and oftentimes, as you know, I didn't know you were, uh, uh how did you put it again? A body, uh, psych body psychotherapist, body yeah. psychotherapist. Yeah. Excellent. I've done some work with, uh, ketamine assisted psychotherapy and, um, uh, yeah, it, it's amazing. I, I, I had found myself so I didn't realize how disconnected I was from my, my mind and my body. And I had this, uh, experience that showed me that. And I'm um, like, wow, yeah, I didn't. And so really learning about the body and learning about where we hold on to pain and tension. It's like there are these messages that are trying to communicate something to us and, and tell us something. Um, you know, and I guess if you magnify that in terms of you, if you look at the planet as a, as, as a whole organism, as a body, where is there the most suffering? Where's the most damage? Where's the pain coming from? Maybe in mm -hmm. high concentrations of population density in areas in urban cities or, you know, slums and places all around the world. It's like, there's a met, there's a message that's being communicated there to the larger body, to the larger collective, man, how do we, how do we take care of the, 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 that, you know, and it's so important. You can't, um, you know, I mean, that's why the, 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 the holistic approach is, is the mm. one that I believe in the most. You can't isolate these things and, mm. and ignore them. Otherwise, you know, kaput. <laughs> well, another, yeah. And that's another thing that gives me huge hope is for instance, the way that we are the larger, the much wider culture, the mainstream is recognizing that mind and body are not separate. 
and and can't be treated as such you know and so um you know so and that's being reflected in psych in the psychotherapy world you know it used to be that you were just a brain and you just go and you just talk about some stuff and someone would talk back to you and hey that should solve all your problems but it's like emotional, <laughs> emotional experiences are physical embodied experiences you know and um you know we all have places where we've learned to to hold or block the flow of our own aliveness our own energies inside our bodies um and so you know there are huge shifts going on huge sort of mainstream discussions happening that just wouldn't be 30 years ago and and, and also in terms of spirituality um i think um it's really important for us to be looking to have an embodied spirituality you know otherwise it, they can get very cut off you know this kind of this spiritual bypass people talk about you know where people right, disappear so. off into the ether it's like if we're gonna ha we need to have a grounded spirituality that's grounded in our bodies you know on planet earth if we're going to be any use to ourselves and others mm -hmm, mm -hmm. yeah right on for sure that's yeah and i love i'm i'm i'm, I'm like starting to giggle a little bit because of the in the film uh, like, I don't know, spoiler alert, I guess, but uh, <laughs> where uh, Alan Watts, uh, the Watts part, oh man, he's like, am I just a madman trying to like, and then he, he's at the gas pump and he's looking, he's like, come on, Shiva, come on with it. You know, like that, <laughs> that, that whole thing. It's just, it just makes me laugh because his was the, I think his was the most religious um, mm -hmm. story. Mm -hmm. um, and it's such a good, uh, good element, I guess. Yeah, how would you categorize, I guess, the three stories? Uh, I guess Watts was kind of more of a spiritual, religious one, and yeah. So, I mean, the the film goes through a kind of journey. You know, the three it's got three chapters. So, stage one with Leary and his first LSD trip, he has this kind of overwhelming, overpowering, kind of cold and dark experience. You know, where he's he he ends up basically saying, you know, it was a shattering experience and he sees that the world is nothing but beams of light, you know, bouncing around and all form is meaningless. So it's quite, it's very sort of nihilistic uh, experience. Um, stage two with Aldous Huxley, he learns, uh, he sees both the ridiculousness of the man-made and the artificial and the, the beauty, uh, the fleeting beauty of the natural. You know, a vase of vase of flowers in front of him that he just dives right into, and becomes part of almost. Um, so he suddenly he becomes present to yeah to the to the sort of simple pleasures of the natural, and the ridiculousness of the man-made and the artificial. And then, as you're saying, part three is Watts, where he learns that um, we're all just the divine energy playing hide and seek with itself. You know, and the more lost we are, the better game of hide and seek we're having <laughs> yeah i love i love it i love it i mean these guys are are uh my some of my biggest heroes and inspirations um uh, just uh, yeah so i'm I, i'm just blown away and and i I'm, I'm trying to recall like parts of the film and i remember I, I i wrote one down that was just so i mean there's so many i mean the, the whole film is like so impactful every pretty much everything that goes on and everything that everybody says from you know the the interspersed interviews with mckenna and mate and hancock and man i wish i remembered oh doblin and 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 of course the other people that i don't remember their names they were just so, just so good as well um so 
everything that they were saying, but this in in, in the stories uh, and with Leary, I remember when I when I was first um, coming to the end of that Leary story. My God, what Leary said, he was like, it was inevitable that we'd leave American society. We'd spend the rest of our lives as mutants, faithfully following the uh, instructions of our internal blueprints and tenderly and gently disintegrating the patriarchal social insanities. I'm like, oh my God, man. Like, how, like Leary's like, you know, he gets such a, like people tend to look at him and go, oh yeah, he like, he ruined it, you know, or whatever. And it's like, the guy was so poetic and so funny, as mm -hmm. you said, and brilliant. I mean, absolutely brilliant. And, mm. you know, he was one of the most rigorous and academic ones out of the whole bunch. Right. I mean, so it's like, yeah, I love the guy. I think he's, I, 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 I think he's just wonderful. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, no, I was so great, you know, so grateful to have gotten the blessing of of his um his his estate, you know, to use use his material in the film and and um you know, they were lovely and very supportive. And yeah, yeah, I I I see both camps. You know, I enjoy I enjoy seeing both camps, but I I do also think that I think, you know, Leary probably did cause a lot of mayhem and 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 that probably did translate into you know some people for quite a bit of suffering but he also i also think he was really caricatured by the media of that time you know the 60s oh yeah um, i think i think which bits of him they chose to show and which you know which bits of him they chose not to was was probably half the damage at least right. you know um i'm Definitely. sure i'm sure i've heard him saying these things should be done carefully in the right settings with the right you know the right company and the right guidance i'm sure i've heard him read him write that and heard him say it but i mm -hmm. just don't think that bit of his message got picked up and broadcast you know across all 50 states right yeah it's almost like um that say i forget who said it they said like if you if you're in a mental institution and you're not crazy, you will be just by, by being in a mental institution, you know? And it's almost like when you have somebody as charismatic and as prophetic and, and profound and wise and intelligent as Leary in the kind of time that he was in, in that, in that era, in that environment, um, you know, in a way he's like, this guy in a sort of mental institution, you know, if you want to call it that, like this American empire machine thing. And that is one of the ways that, that, that it could shape and form somebody almost to be more that way, you know, and be portrayed that way. I mean, we see it happen all the time. People getting tarnished by the media and, and lambasted and, and swindled and, painted in, in different kinds of lights and stuff and manipulated and shit. I mean, now with like deep fake technology and all this kind of stuff, like it's a, it's a crazy world. You could really, my point is you could really make somebody look insane and look crazy and also actually become that way too, just from the effort in doing that, you know? Um, but anyway, what happened happened and we're here now. So, um, I guess, I don't know, does it all happen for a reason? And is it, is it, I'm generally <laughs> that it does. Yeah. I mean, there, there are some situations where it's pretty tough to apply that to, but generally, yeah, I think things do seem to happen with some reason behind or around them.
Now, what do you think, Rob? Do you think you're you're gonna make a another another um, another film like this? Like, do you think you have do you have any thoughts on that? I you know I know you're, you're you're this one just came out and you're doing you know interviews and uh, screenings and all kinds of stuff. But do you have any thoughts? Maybe you know like in the future about maybe doing something else or uh, thoughts about including some other characters, uh, other people. Yeah, no, sure. I mean, I've got, always got all sorts of thoughts bubbling up, you know. And But, you know, this film was a real labour of love. It was, you know, a long five-year five, five year slog to get this thing made, plus about a year of kind of in gestation of the idea, but then five years putting it into practice um, with a really, you know, small, dedicated team, um, you know, a completely independent thing. So... At the moment, I'm just sort of stewarding this film, you know, and as you said, yeah, doing interviews and screenings and and organizing all of that. So, you know, that's taking a lot of my time and energy, which is fantastic. I'm very happy that it is. Um, and I'd invite any of your listeners who are interested, please, you know, reach out, go on our website, uh, www.journeysmovie.com. Um, you you can find the film there and all the trailers, all the rest of it, but also a link to get in contact if you want to organise your own screening. Um, I'd please you know encourage people to do that. Uh, we need more North America screenings in particular. Um, yeah. But yeah, no, there are all sorts of ideas floating around. I mean, I'd um, I'd I'd love to do something. I think this mind body thing is a big one. You know, this um, just how embodied. Uh, just how strong this connection is between mind and body and some of the things we've been just been talking about really about you know um, how traumatized our culture is and how important pre-verbal experience is in that and how how much we can hold in our bodies and how much we can let go of and release through working with our bodies and that's one strand um, but also I think maybe yeah going deeper with the expanded states of consciousness looking into how other uh other kind of indigenous cultures um relate to and, and deal with these experiences is something i'd love to explore in a film so uh yeah please watch this space awesome yeah yeah i mean uh go you gotta watch you gotta watch this movie like you have to you have to watch this if you're listening to this podcast and you don't watch journeys to the edge of consciousness I mean, what, what are you doing? Like, what are you doing with your life? I mean, it's, it's, it's crazy. This is, this is the movie that you have to watch. I, I guarantee you're going to like, there's no way that someone's going to be like, oh, all right. Yeah, I'll watch it. And you know, you're, you're, you're not going to not like it. This is, it's, it's, it's amazing. You're going to love it. It's, if you don't like it, I'll, I'll, uh, <laughs> I'll do something for you. I don't know, but yeah, I mean, it's great. It's just great. I love it. It's great. It's great to talk to you, Rob. Three psychedelic trips that changed the world forever journeys to the edge of consciousness, go to journeysmovie.com. Uh, I mean, it's just, uh, it's just fantastic. Anything else you want to, uh, you want to cover? I mean, is there, is there anything that maybe we didn't talk about that, that you really enjoy talking about when it comes to talking about this film or psychedelics in general? No, I think we've covered it all. Thanks, Mike. But especially just to reemphasize, you know, please, please, if you do view the movie and you do, as, as Mike suggests, you might enjoy the film. Please think about taking that next step. Please tell your friends and family who aren't so familiar with this territory and even think about putting on a screening. Um, hire out your local town hall. Get in touch with your local cinema. Um, it's really easy. It's fun to do. Get in touch. We'll help you sort it all out. 
and um, it's a great way to help spread this word. It's a great way to help spread this message. And what we find is those conversations people are having after the screening is really important, you know, not to just watch this alone at home, but to do this in your local community, to do it publicly and to have the, the conversations with people you wouldn't normally talk to, you know, people in their 60s, 70s, 80s, and you've got people in their teens, you know, actually talking together about this stuff. Really important. So, yes, yes. Yeah, so just thank you so much for having me on, Mike. It's been a real pleasure chatting. Of course, yes, Rob. And are you, I know my my friend Bill, big shout out to my friend Bill, uh, Good Cinema here in Denver. I believe we're putting on a screening, Journey to Edge of Consciousness is going to be screening here in Denver. Uh, so if you're in Denver, come out to that. I believe it's at, on March 17th that that's going down. Will you be here for that, Rob? Or are you... Wow! If you um, if you guys want to put me on a plane, we we can we, we can look into making something happen. I'd love to, but it's yeah, it's just a question of logistics and travel. Okay, cool. All right, no I didn't know so I didn't know if you were going to be here or if it was just going to be the screening. But anyway, yeah, we're we're going to be doing the screening. It's going to be here in Denver. Um, I forget the name of the theater, but stay tuned. Follow Good Cinema for that. But it's really great. Yeah, my friend's company, Good Cinema. He um, puts these these films together, and then we'll have like a panel discussion afterwards. Get the audience involved. Start getting the dialogue involved, and this. This is really what you're what you're talking to Rob here is uh, getting the people out and 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 communicating and, and creating conversation around this uh, this amazing thought provoking uh, wonderfully aesthetically pleasing beautiful film that you've put together I can't I can't talk uh, about it uh, highly as highly enough as I can't even put the words together they're jumbling all over the place but it's really truly great I want to watch it again and again it's it's fantastic so thank you so much Rob Rob Harper Journey to Edge of Consciousness go to journeysmovie.com put on a screening guys get a screening going on i'll, I'll show up i'll come I'll, I'll go there i'll go to your town um but yeah anyway it's it's brilliant and, and thanks for spending time with me and uh yeah i really enjoyed the the conversation very much rob thank you mike thank you so much all right take care peace out everybody hey i hope you guys enjoyed that conversation as much as i did if you did Go and leave a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts. You can leave a five-star rating and a review if you feel like writing something. Uh, that would be great. It helps the show a lot. helps us bump us up in the uh, Apple algorithm, get the podcast exposed to more people. So if you like the show, go ahead and do that. If you want to go a step further, go to patreon.com slash Mike Brank. You can donate, become a patron, be a part of the Mikeadelic Inner Sanctum WhatsApp chat group of people chatting and connecting all around the world. They're finding the others, bringing them together, creating community. One of my favorite things to offer. I also release bonus episodes. Sometimes I do episodes that are kind of raw and kind of beta test them for the producers of the show, which are my patrons, the people who support the show. Big shout out to everybody that's a patron. Thank you for your love and support. If you want to do a one-time donation, go to my website, mikebrank.com. Go to PayPal and do a one-time donation if you feel that. And uh, I really like the method of donation. It's a, it's a gifting mentality. And reading Charles Eisenstein's books recently and his talks have really kind of made me embrace the spirit of the gift, of giving and gifting. And what better time than this holiday season to be generous and to give. And, you know, if you like the show, just tell, tell people about it, spread it, share it. Also, contact me. Go to my email uh, on my website, the contact page, mikebrank.com. Reach me on Instagram, mikeadelic underscore podcast. Hit me up on Facebook. Send me your messages. Send me your thoughts. Send me guest suggestions, ideas. Share your story with me. Reach out. Give me feedback. What do you like? What don't you like? 
And uh, I love to hear from people. I always respond. So uh, you can go ahead and do that. If you're interested in CBD, we have Hemp Bombs as a sponsor. You can go to hempbombs.com, get all kinds of CBD stuff. And um, I used to take their their gummies. I think I'm going to start taking them again. I ran out, so I got to get some more. But uh, they're really good. And um, yeah, check it out. If you're interested in CBD, you want to give it a try, put in the code MIKE15 at checkout and get 15% off all of your CBD wants, desires, needs, and so forth. Big shout out to Danny Barnett and Galaxia for the music, the intro and the outro. And uh, of course, thanks to Muse, who uh, I mash up their song and put the Terrence McKenna clips and everything in without their permission, but somehow I'm still able to do it. So thanks, because I love that. And uh, what else? I don't know. Thank you so much to everybody for your love and support, for listening. And yeah, I really, uh, really, 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 from the bottom of my heart, really can't express how grateful I am that out of all the podcasts out there that you choose this one to listen to. And uh, yeah, uh, like I said, let's really make this a collaborative effort. If there's something that you hear, that you notice, you know, something going on with the show that you're like, hey, you used to do this or you do that, or I'd like to see this, or hey, did you ever think about that? Shoot me a message. I'm open. I communicate. I message back. I like this to be a collaborative effort. I want more community involved in this. So anyway, thanks. And uh, till next time, peace.